Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Don, and Dude. But here we are again on the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I got Andy and Don with me. Andy, how the hell are you feeling? You ready for some podcast goodness today? <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way, buddy. I was up late last night crunching the numbers on, uh, on Q2 here, guys, and... Yeah, I got to tell you, the, uh, the prospectus is looking rosy for the second half of oh. 2023. Well, the uh, now that we know the ABCs of podcasting, always be casting. <laughs> All right, Don, how you doing? <laughs> well, it's nice to see you guys. It feels like it's been a while. It's been ever long. Oh, my gosh. God, that was terrible. <laughs> like, I feel like packing this thing up. <laughs> I was already having a rough morning. <laughs> You're yeah. not supporting me very well, Don. Jokes like that. that. Is- oh, boy. Who <laughs> needs enemies? Thank you. <laughs> I'm, getting- I'm just warming up. Oh, well. Warm up faster. All right. So, this is the Album Nerds Podcast. We, uh, I'll be frank with y'all. We talk about albums here. Music albums. Today, we've got a great show for you. We're going to do that. We're going to talk about three albums. We're going to answer a question, talk about what we learned, spin the wheel of musical destiny at the end of the show to find out what kind of albums we'll talk about on the next show. But this week, it's all about them new releases. That's what I'm talking about! Well, here on the show, every few months, we like to check in on what is new out there. In episode 195, we reviewed some releases from the first quarter of 2023. Uh, we did a, a record with a long album title by Eve's Tumor called Praise a Lord Who Choose But Which Does Not Consume or Simply Hot Between Worlds. Uh, we did uh, Depeche Mode, Memento Mori, and Iggy Pop, Every Loser. So today, uh, we're going to check in again with new releases and pick three more records from the year 2023. What's with the long titles this year, man? Yeah, we got a couple book titles here going on. <laughs> well, and then we have things like um, was the Jonas Brothers one called like album or something? And <laughs> yes, then there's yeah. the, there's a, a record we're going to talk about today that's just called the record. The I record, think. Yeah. yeah. So there's some of that going on too. Yeah, people are either trying too hard or not hard enough. <laughs> so, sounds kind of like this show. <laughs> Let's just call it podcast. This episode is called podcast. <laughs> yeah, <There you> right. <laughs> New releases are challenging, especially for older fellers like myself, because I tend to gravitate toward existing artists that I'm already familiar with, which I will prove out when we get to my pick for the week. But, uh, you know, I listened to the, the new uh, Rival Sons album. It is supposedly part of a two-part series, which is the second one coming out later this year. So I figure maybe I won't even talk about that until a future new release show. Squeeze in two albums for the price of one. The Culture Wall album came out this month. Uh, A Greta Van Fleet album came out. The band that I just keep hoping is going to turn that corner and become great because they've got it in them. And that one's produced by Dave Cobb. That's right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So those are the things I, you know, I listened to a bunch of different stuff, but only one of them was really speaking to me this this time around, and we'll get to that later. How'd you guys do? Uh, I did great, man. I love these new release weeks. Uh, chance to catch up on what's been going on. I'll mention a couple things that were towards the top of my list. Pretty interesting, like 
hip-hop-influenced jazz record by an artist by the name of Alpha Mist. Great, great mm-hmm. name, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's called Variables. Enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, pretty interesting experimental rock country record by an artist by the name of Geese. First I've heard of him. His album was entitled <laughs> 3D Country. Geese, I just, that just... <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> it's just a person. It's just one guy. It should be probably be Goose, right? I mean, I guess uh, maybe he was afraid of the Top Gun reference. Yeah, probably. And then speaking of long album titles, King Gizzard. This was on my list too, but I I wanted you to have to read it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, they are outdoing themselves here. Good record. You want me to read the whole title? It's like a, yeah. it's a more than a sentence. Yeah. Well, first, first of all, the band name King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. We're already a mouthful yeah. of marbles here. The line's mostly full, so, just with that, and then you <laughs> continue. All right, <laughs> Petro Dragonic Apocalypse or Dawn of Eternal Night, Annihilation of Planet Earth, and the Beginning of Merciless Damnation. Jeez, well, it's a, it's a great metal tinged album. It's a good record. Yeah. That was one I would have liked to talk about, but I have a feeling I'm saving it for the end of the year. You know what I'm saying? Word up. Well, I uh, I turned to to title uh, for its its recommendations for me. Uh, apparently, it thinks I'm into to singer songwriters. I believe he was a Scottish guy um, named uh, Hamish Hawk. Uh, an album hmm. called Angel Numbers, which was pretty good. You know, it might have actually been. I wonder if it was because I was listening to the Proclaimers a bit last week that it you know thought I was into Scottish stuff. I liked it too. I, I checked that out. I thought yeah, it was I enjoyed good. that too. Another singer songwriter, uh, Steve Sallet, I think, or Sallet, um, album called First Landing was, was decent. The vocals reminded me a bit of, uh, the guy from the, the National. And then kind of a, a Susie and the Banshees sounding group, uh, Current Affairs, uh, a record called, uh, Off the, Off the Tongue. Cool. I got the same vibe from that. I listened to it as well. Okay. Well, there's just so much to digest. But we boiled it down to three, so let's get going on them. You choo-choo choose me? Hello. Hi. Where home is where? Hi. I have to poop. Gabagoo. don't pay the bills out here. <laughs> Gotta love that. All right, for my, my new release selection here, we're talking about Home is Where and Pooping. No, um, the album is entitled The Weller. We are going to play a little bit from the lead single. This is Yes, Yes, A Thousand Times Yes. This is the debut full length for the four-piece email group from Palm Coast, Florida. What to say about this record? So about three words I use to describe it are dinner with Jonah. Little wild joke there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well mating call there. Nice. Is that from Star Trek Four? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so this is a pretty intriguing record. I, I, I guess you would say it mainly lives in that sort of indie emo rock space, I guess. Um, there's some screamo in there, too. Yeah, there's some screaming in there. 
surprising actually kind of the first time i was listening to it it made me jump yeah because i I wasn't (laughs) expecting it yeah they they definitely play into that big sort of dynamic shift between loud and and quiet moments on here a lot of similarities to especially on that track we played there it sounds a lot like modest mouse to me which you know popular indie rock group in the early 2000s there i also saw some similarities to fungazi i hear some swans in there from time to time a lot of interesting influences for sure that they wear on their sleeves here and then they throw in this sort of like whaling fishing side of the music which is, i think is a little bit confusing of, of a message i don't know if i really got exactly what the metaphor was did you guys make any uh progress with that talking about whales here moby fucking dicks <laughs> well, I think I read somewhere that the whales were kind of just launching themselves to the whalers or something. Kamikaze whales, sort of? Yeah, they're just kind of giving themselves up or something, you know, to, to be harpooned. It seems like it. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, dismembering of, of whales, I, I guess. And uh, it's a very visceral album, I guess is how I describe it lyrically. It sounds like there's things very sharp and, and biting and... Uh, has kind of a crazy apocalyptic energy to it, I would say. I wonder, I suppose if the if the whales are kind of killing themselves, like if they're giving up, then that's kind of, that's like the sign that it's the end, right? Because sometimes we look to the clues in the sea, yeah. you know, when, you know, when the animals start acting weird or whatever, then we know there's trouble. So if they're, if the whales are just giving themselves up, then, then we're basically done at that point. Right, right. Have you guys heard these news stories about like whales attacking chips lately? Like all these reports of like Mm-mm. different uh, large ships being attacked. They're taking back the ocean. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a whale takeover. Yeah, it could be. The dolphins are next. That's right. Watch out when the dolphins get get on board. Anyway, let's play another clip. This is the closing track. Floral organs. Oh, stories of the sea. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, I, I guess what I enjoy about this album was like I kept wanting to figure it out. So I, I turned to the to the lyrics. And I, on this track here, it goes um, at the end, climbing trees older than anyone alive. We braid our intestines together, spitting teeth into mm. each other's mouths back and forth sure. until we make a smile. Oh, All right. Nice. I think that was in my wedding vows, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so the, the three words I, I chose to describe the album are bored and afraid. Um, so that's actually part of a quote from the lyricist and, and front woman, uh, Brandon McDonald. She said the whaler was built around the idea of simultaneously being bored and afraid. I mean that reflects the the pacing of the music and the the loud and the and the quiet. I, I think, but yeah, you know, I guess I, I spent most of the time, uh, you know, this week, you know, just trying to figure out what, what what this album is. So there was an interview in the the publication Consequence of Sound it says the album as a whole tells the story of the whole world being stuck in a time loop on nine eleven, and like with tape loops, the more it plays out, the more it degrades. People grow older and things change, but the collapse of the World Trade Center happens every morning. So, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So the yeah, so, like, so the worst day in memorable history is every day. Yeah. Just kind of stuck on it. Yeah, yeah. There's a section of the album where you know the track five is every day feels like nine eleven, and the next track is nine twelve. Kind of get into that. It's being like sort of an apocalyptic 
end times loop thing that she's living out. Uh, it's yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how that fits in with the wells at all, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. That's where I was a little confused. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Um, but I find it interesting, and like Don says, it feels like kind of a puzzle to unravel. And I thought it was pretty engaging. Yeah, it's either a brilliant puzzle to unravel or it's nonsense, yeah. and that's that's kind of the <laughs> issue with records like this. You have to you have to decide early which it is, so you don't waste too much time. Mm-hmm. Kind of okay. Frank Zappa ish well. like that. <laughs> yeah, right. But you know, musically, I I, I appreciated it. Uh, I'm going to quote another journalist here, sorry. Uh, Ian Cohen from Stereogum said, A whimsy that turns both surly and surreal. Wish I could write like that. Uh, Surly and surreal. Surly and surreal. But yeah, you know, I, uh, overall, you know, I, I enjoyed the album a lot. Um, the problem with albums like like these is they're kind of relegated to just me listening alone, you know, so it's not something I can really play in the house. Uh, right. You know, it, and have it uh, appreciated by other members of the, of the household. It's like reading a book. You have to sit down and pay attention. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Interesting. So why, why is it that it wouldn't be... Just the style of music isn't enjoyed in your house, Don? Or? Yeah, I think just the abrasiveness and the crass, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the screaming, you know, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> the screaming. Well, <laughs> a, a, a screaming is, if an album is screaming, great. People know what to expect. But if it's, I am, and then it kind of a, you know, got a little Weezer deal going on, and then all of a sudden it's ripping screaming yeah. and then you catch a you catch something about braiding intestines and it's like, the hell are you making me listen to, man? Yeah. <laughs> Not good background music, I suppose, is, is accurate. Yeah. Why don't we play another cut from the record? This is Every Day Feels Like 9 11. I like the uh, vocalist within songs, like a line being clean and then the next line is scream. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, a gutsy approach. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was reading that the concept is that whole time loops and infinite possibilities through repetition and that the world is stuck in that 9-11 time loop. But I just couldn't, other than those two songs, the 9-11 and 9-12, I couldn't find those threads. I was having a hard time um, in, because maybe I just, with uh, there's not enough history with new releases where it's been percolated through a lot of minds. So all you have is a few reviews and what you hear, and then it's challenging to make sense of all of it. Uh, the three words I used to describe the album were emo, folky, darkness. <laughs> Concepts were not super obvious to me. I like the ideas, the disassociation, disillusionment. I mean, obviously that's there. I'll make attempts to continue to listen but I'm like we said earlier, I'm not sure that it's really all there. I'm not sure that I can put that broken piggy bank back together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. can I find the glue to put the pieces together? <laughs> I mean, it's all very fascinating, but I can't, I can't see it. Yeah, I'm not sure there is a piggy bank there. There might be pieces of one. This is their debut full length record. They're a fairly recently uh, put together group. Pretty young, young people. It feels like a hodgepodge of, of interesting ideas. I'm not sure it's a fully fleshed out concept and doesn't maybe won't be held up against the White Album in 50 years. But I think I think they have a, inter- a promising start and I had some interesting ideas here. And I like their sound a lot. 
I think genre fans definitely would would appreciate this record, and maybe it's a little bit harder to get into, but I think I found it pretty pretty cool, and I would recommend it to most people who enjoy you know rock adjacent genres. All right, once again, the album is "The Whale" by Home Is Where. Yeah, it's available on all the usual streaming platforms. Uh, check it out if you haven't heard these guys. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. If you're enjoying the show, and we sincerely hope you are, do us a solid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Maybe we made you laugh, or you discovered an album you enjoy. Leaving a review keeps the show going and helps other music fans find us. That's why you're the boy genius. Okay, so the the new release I chose is from a a, a group called Boy Genius. Real boy of genius. <laughs> Uh, so, and the album is called The Record. Uh, let's hear the uh, kind of the, the big song right now. Apparently, it's on the AAA charts. Uh, this is a song called Not Strong Enough. Yeah, for those of you who didn't work in radio, uh, AAA uh, refers to adult alternative airplay. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I see that as just a you know really a, a perfect pop song, and I like it not just because it mentions boys don't cry in it. it says something about drag <laughs> racing around the canyon or something. Listening to boys don't cry. Yes, we've all done that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> so Boy Genius is actually a super group made up of three solo artists, uh, Julianne Baker, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus. Three people I had not heard of before. I heard of Phoebe. Yeah, yeah I think she's, she found her way onto like the Taylor Swift tour and stuff uh, as, a, as a support act. Now, I heard that their original name was the Expressway Women, um, but they decided... <laughs> good <laughs> the expressway women that didn't stick though yeah. <laughs> no so they uh they released the self-titled ep back in 2018 uh and this is their their first uh full-length album apparently the the title or the the name of the the group boy genius kind of refers to the experiences they've had collaborating with with men uh these characters who you know have been identified as like geniuses since they were children and so when they're working with them and you know they're when you question the idea of these geniuses, you know, it makes for some mansplanation comes yes. into play. Yeah. And so I, I kind of feel like the go. spirit behind this project is that, you know, this is just three women not having their ideas stifled. I think most of the people involved in the production of this album were women. The three words I chose to describe the album are not just hype. So unlike a lot of super groups, you know, where I, I think they often end up being underwhelming or, or disappointing, uh, ends up just sort of being contrived or, or sort of a novelty. I don't see this that way at all. I mean, this just sounds like three people that want to work together that are feeding off of each other's creativity. And I think it I don't know. It, it really works. You know, I, I think there's there's a lot of magic here. It's way more interesting than I expected. You know, it's it's catchy and hooky, but it's also sort of musically, it takes some turns that are that are unpredictable. Uh, but I think probably what I like most is just the the lyrics. I, you know, I tend to think of them as kind of intelligent, also maybe a little pretentious, but self-deprecating at the same time, which is something I've always liked, you know, kind of that, that Morrissey style or, mm-hmm. um, you know. There we but, go. But, uh, well, why don't we, uh, let's hear a, a a little more. Here's a song called Satanist. Solomon had a point when he wrote Ecclesiastes. 
That song just sounded so 90s alternative yeah, to totally. me that I made an immediate connection. I just liked the vibe of it and the harmonies. Yeah, so that song revolves around this protagonist that is urging their partner to embrace extreme lifestyles like Satanism, anarchy, nihilism. Despite all of that, the challenge of breaking away from society and the fear of being overwhelmed by the radical decisions make you end up not doing them, you know? And uh, I, I just like, I like Bible references. I think it's, when they're used cleverly, I think it's fun. Ecclesiastes, uh, King Colette had experienced everything and done everything, but concludes that nothing is ultimately reliable. Uh, vanity of vanities, all is futile. And taking that idea, name dropping Solomon, who wrote the you know, wrote the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible, it's all very smart, heady, and I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like I like uh, trying. You know, could have said the same stuff in a much more boring pedestrian way. So I appreciated that. The three words I used to describe this album, rock, folk, realness, it's, it just doesn't sound contrived. I didn't know they were a supergroup. I had listened to this album when it first came out. It was a recommendation from the streaming service. Um, I enjoyed it. It's cool. I mean, it's a cool sound. Ups and downs, ultimately interesting. And this is one that I will attempt to continue to listen to throughout the year and, and let it uh, steep as it were, in my brain. As I said, you know, I'm just a, a big fan of the lyrics. And I, I, I tend to cringe, you know, when people incorporate sort of like modern phrases into songs. And then, it, of course, it also dates them uh, in the future. But uh, in the one song, True Blue, the, there's the line, when you don't know who you are, you fuck around and find out. For some reason, I... I like that, you know, because I think it's you're using the fuck around and find out in sort of like a, a different way, which I which I thought was was clever. There's a lot of clever on this on this album. Okay, well let's let's hear another one. Uh, this is twenty dollars. Yeah, I really enjoyed that track in particular. I mean, I enjoyed a handful of tracks on here quite a bit. I, I totally agree with that big, like, 90s alternative rock guitar sound. Pops up in a couple places here, which is just fun and for me to hear, I guess. And yeah, I, I mean, I I was aware of these guys and they put out an EP probably like four or five years ago when they were all still fairly, I don't want to say, they all had their own solo careers, but they were, I wouldn't say unknown, but they weren't nearly as popular as they are nowadays. Especially Phoebe Bridgers, who I feel like is just like everywhere the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I mean, I like their sound as a as a whole. I think they do play well together. This definitely feels like something they wanted to do and not a record they felt obligated to do, which as so often, as we've said in the past, with these super creeps is the case. I, I think uh, they all seem pretty committed here and they're all feel like they're all contributing towards a, a bigger goal and not really trying to outplay each other or be in competition with each other so i think that works pretty well i mean there were some what i would say less compelling moments um like the track we're in love towards the end of the record or revolution zero kind of in the middle of the record i found those to be a little bit less consequential i guess than some of the other songs but you know as a whole i found it pretty pretty enjoyable and lots of good hooks and good melodies and they're all super talented and Oh uh, yeah, the three words I use to describe this record are head of the class. I do think they are, you know, kind of upper echelon of that sort of pop folk space right now. And this is definitely the future. I'll be super curious if, you know, if these guys do anything else together as a group. I hope they do. But it feels like they're all going to become pretty big stars on their own. 
And so this might really become like kind of like the highway women at some, at some point where they're all like, you know, such big characters of their own. It might be hard to contain them all in this small little uh, trio. Real boy of genius. <laughs> had to get that in there. I, I'm really excited about this album. You know, I'm not ready to, to Ainhoff it. Yeah, I, I definitely need to take some time with it, you know, figure out if I'm just kind of infatuated at the moment or if it's going to be like a, a long time love affair. You guys can probably relate to this. I think why I'm such a big music fan is that I'm also always like kind of chasing those moments where, you know, you're listening to something and you're just like, holy fuck, that's good. You know, do you guys, mm-hmm. you've had those yeah, experiences? Mm-hmm. And, and I did have that uh, a couple of times on, on this album good that doesn't happen all the time so that's all that's all we hope for yeah, here yeah, man those fleeting moments of pure joy yeah <laughs> few and far between usually okay well so that is uh, boy genius with the record excuse me i'd like to ask you a few questions all right. Well, it's that celebrated part of the show where we ask ourselves a, a question. We're going to do it a little differently th- this time. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm going to turn it over to our game show host, Andy, who will ask uh, Dude and I some, some trivia questions. And here's your host, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> All right, boys and girls. I hope you got your trivia hats on because it's trivia time. This is going to be ugly. Yeah. We're going to be doing some uh, multiple choice questions about music within the last 23 years. So anything in the Oof. 2000s is fair game. I've picked out questions that I think I could answer, and hopefully you guys can too. We'll find <laughs> out. Feel free to play along at home if you like. You guys ready? Sure. Okay. Yeah, the, the last 23 years is not my, uh, my, my area of strength. <laughs> you were alive for the last 23 years. That's right? true. Okay. All right, here's an easy one. Softball to get you started. Which band had the best-selling album of the year 2000? I will now provide some multiple choices. Feel free to buzz in when you think you know the answer. Radiohead, Kid A, Santana, Supernatural, The Beatles, yeah. One. Oh, shit. Nelly, Country Grammar. One of those four is the correct answer. Who's going to try first? I'll say Santana. I'll say The Beatles. And <laughs> uh, the point goes to dude with the Beatles. Damn, yes. I thought I remembered that that thing, like to, that uh, collection went to number one. I remember. It did. It was number one for eight weeks between yeah. 2000 and 2001. Yeah. I was just remembering working at the record store at that time and that Santana album was so damn huge. Oh, man. That was a uh, huge yeah. supernatural. Yeah. Ugh. Just like the ocean. Oh, okay, we, I knew we'd find a way for you to sing. It's tougher with the new releases, so I, yeah, I'm glad you found your way somehow. In. All right, question number two. Which hit song of 2013 by Robin Thicke featuring T.I. and Pharrell Williams became the subject of a bitter legal dispute in which it was adjudicated that it was infringed upon the copyrights of Marvin Gaye's Got to Give It Up. Brought Marvin Gaye in there for you guys. Straight lines. Ah, it's not the name of the song. Or something like that. I'm going to read some choices here. See if you can get it here. All right. Is the song title The Monster, Can't Hold Us, Thrift Shop, or Blurred Lines? It's Blurred. Yeah. Blurred Lines. Damn it. I was so close. I'm going to give you guys both half lines. credit for that one. <laughs> one and a half for the dude. Half point for Don. Question number three. Shallow. A pop 
duet by Lady Gaga and Hollywood actor Bradley Cooper yes. mm. won the Academy Award for Best Original Song in 2019. On which film soundtrack did it appear? Star is Born. Oh, <laughs> dude takes that one with a quick yeah. answer. Nice. In the shot. No, I won't do it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you, sir, are no Lady Gaga. Maybe Bradley Cooper. Not a good day. He's got the Bradley Cooper hair, I would say. All right. Question number four. Get a little bit harder here, guys. We Found Love was one of the top-selling singles of the decade. It was a hit for Rihanna and featured which artist from Scotland who also wrote the song? It's, uh, God, what's that guy's that's name? Sheenan. She- yes, that's it. it. Is it? Is that Sheeran yeah, guy Scottish or it. does he just look it because he, <laughs> he has red that's hair? That's the guy. Are you guys saying Ed Sheeran is your answer? Yeah, yeah. sure. Dude that's gets incorrect. that. He's, no, that's really? incorrect. Really? No. So I didn't think he was, I didn't think he, he was Scottish. <laughs> it's like one of those dudes. Give us I'm the list. I'm going to read yeah. the choices because you guys are not even in the ballpark. Philip Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know the Rihanna song, We Found Love? In a dark place. Oh yeah. no, I don't. But maybe it was. Was it Fat Bastard? Oh my gosh! Get right. in my belly. <laughs> Here's the choices. Number one, Susan Boyle. Number two, Calvin Harris. Number three, Paolo Nutini. And number four, Lulu. Do any of those ring a bell to you guys? Susan Boyle. <laughs> okay. Correct answer is Calvin Harris. We give that one to, to nobody. Okay, is that a, wi- a wide receiver? All right, so what's the score now? I think uh, dude has two and a half. I think it's two and nothing. All right, we'll give you one more question here for all the marbles. Winner takes all. Here we go. Winner takes all. I have the lead. What the hell, man? It's the lightning round. This, <laughs> this one's worth uh, <laughs> All right, here we go. After initially appearing on the album Red Pill Blues, the song Girl Like You was extended on its release as a single in May 2018 to include lyrics by Cardi B. Which band did she appear with? Fallout Boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, 2018. All right. Well, they're, they're, back. they're still around. Are they? Okay. Here are the choices. One Direction, Black Eyed Peas, The Weeknd, or Maroon 5. Don, here's your chance to take it off. Um, shoot. Um... I don't think it's Maroon 5. I'll say The Weeknd. It was Maroon 5. You guys really um, the pop. What the hell? Man, they're older than Fallout Boy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, they've been around for a long time. All right, guys. So I win. Bonus Either. question. Just Congratulations. play up for you guys to go out on a higher note here. In 2014, Apple bought Beats Electronics. Who? Dr. Dre. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I got shut out. All right, guys. Not as pretty as last time. Maybe just the newer stuff is a little more tricky, huh? Well, thanks, Andy. That was, uh, oh, I won, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Congratulations, dude. How about you? Are you good at trivia? Uh, How'd you do with those questions? Do you have any trivia questions for us? Let us know. Hit us up on the socials and Discord, albumnerds.com slash Discord. Saturday Night Live this week with musical guest Foo Fighters. I don't know why, but I I assumed that you were Chinese. (laughs) All right, so I went with uh, a known band, a well-established band, one that I have brought up more times than I should on this show. (laughs) It's the Foo Fighters. Their June 2023 album, But Here We Are, the 11th studio album, kind of unexpected uh, after the death of Taylor Hawkins, their drummer. It was unclear 
what the future held for them, but it held this album. So why don't we get started with the track Rest, which is actually the last track on the album. So Rest, final track on the album, but here we are. It's an ode to the people that the band and its members lost over the last year, um, particularly Taylor Hawkins, as I mentioned, the longtime drummer of the band, and Dave Grohl's mother, Virginia Grohl, who he was very close to. Uh, so the Foo Fighters were formed in 94 by Dave Grohl, former drummer of Nirvana. If that's news to you, congratulations. Um, and they've had a lot of success. They are the surviving big-time arena rock band of that era. Dave Grohl is a lover of rock and roll, a lover of music, a lover of his fans and having fun. And this album blends hurt and heartache with Foo Fighters. I mean, it is a Foo Fighters record. It is joyous. It is full of great hooks and, and everything you'd expect. But the lyrics have a little bit more meat to them than they typically do. Dave leaves things very wide open for people to interpret so that everyone can have a shared experience because they turn it into whatever the, the song means to them. But there are some really nice moments on this. Uh, one example is at the end of that song, Rest, he actually makes a specific reference to his mother. Uh, it's a sort of little outro where the song calms down again and he says, Waking up, had another dream of us in the warm Virginia sun. There I will meet you. Now, her name was Virginia. Mm. He was raised in Virginia. And it was nice to have him actually be specific. <laughs> and it's uh, kind of an emotional moment when you're listening to the record. It, uh, it can catch you. Three words I use to describe this album are tragedy meets triumph. The insult comic dog. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For me to poop on were the other three words. <laughs> Like, that's a lot to, to carry, and they managed to make probably their best record in over 10 years. I always think that their new releases are good. The last few have I've enjoyed, but this overshadows them. It's, it's really amazing. Um, it's some of their best stuff. So why don't we continue with the songs and get the conversation going with, uh, but here we are, title track. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty classic classic foo right there for my money. I can't believe how good his voice sounds. Like, how close it sounds to how it did in 95 yeah. with yeah. how much he tears it yeah, up. Yeah, no, he sounds great. My three words to describe this record are from midnight to heaven's light. Um, <laughs> we talked about their record last year, uh, Medicine at Midnight, which was like a totally different sound for them. This record is interesting because you know, obviously they had this tragedy happened to the band you know last year but i feel like this is a very positive almost uplifting record for me to listen to obviously i mean obviously the lyrics deal with the loss and stuff like that but sonically their sound i mean especially on the first half of the record is like big and anthemic and lots of like uplifting sounds and stuff here going on in some ways i think this contradicts like the sound that the darkness i'm messing at midnight which was much more of a late night dance record sort of vibe and this right is more of like kind of like the morning after, kind of like trying to grapple with what happened sort of thing. I think they, they seem like they're in a good place, at least Dave does, in terms of like processing this grief and and coming out the other side, uh, you know, a stronger band and a stronger people. And I was impressed. 
I was kind of expecting it to be lower key. There are some songs on the album that fit that bill, like Show Me How, where his daughter Violet does vocals with them and it's a little more low key. That's what I thought most of the record would be like, but they came out fooing and <laughs> it's good because I think that is a way to, a celebration of life and the people that you loved is also important to mm -hmm. the grieving and healing. It's sweet that he brought his daughter on that track, but I feel like it, she's, she's good too. She has a good voice. Yeah. I feel like that was the biggest, it stuck out the most in the rest of the album, I guess in terms of the energy on there. I mean, it feels like the album might be kind of like a reset for the band, you know, since now they have, well, without uh, Taylor Hawkins, you know, they have a, a new lineup. So, it, I mean, to me, I mean, this is the first time I've had the opportunity to talk about a Foo Fighters record on the show. I mean, this sounds like classic Foo Fighters. You probably haven't heard some of the more recent releases where it sounds like classic Foo Fighters, but they're trying to do different things. Yeah, I remember you guys talking about the the last yeah. record there, which to me kind of had like an 80s feel to it. Yeah, it did. I think intentionally it was supposedly kind of inspired by Let's Dance by David mm. Bowie. But uh, yeah, the new drummer is Josh Freeze. Frise. Okay. He, he's not on this record. This was Dave doing the drumming, which I, I could feel it. I think that's part of why it felt like a classic Foos, like the first record a little bit. The drumming, he definitely has his own style and yeah. uh, it works really well here. Uh, it, it, it leans into that reset, you know? And the emotion, like I can, you can really hear the emotion in his voice. There's a lot of like little growls and gnarly sounds yeah. coming out of him and, and the drums sound pretty gnarly too, I would say overall. Probably the most surprising moment on this record for me was uh, at the end there, the uh, the teacher, the 10-minute yes. sort of epic. That's something that they've kind of hinted at on some past records, doing this sort of like, not quite, like Foo Fighter prog, I guess I would say, or like kind of like post-rock sound, where they really, you know, pull out some different, tease out some different ideas across a longer track. I think it works pretty well here in this case, I, especially in this point on the record, it, it works nice as a kind of a crescendo. Once there's some Pink Floyd-ishness here yeah. and there, yeah. so the song kind of ebbs and flows in and out of different styles, kind of low-key, and then, you know, your typical Foo bang. <laughs> but then that drum section where it just becomes so frenetic and so loud, it's like you're, you hear your speakers going, gong, 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 gong. I felt like it's a strobe light in my face, like maybe passing on to the, to the next world or to the next phase or to the afterlife. But it felt magical that that moment in the song. And, and yeah, I was pretty impressed. I couldn't believe they did a 10-minute song. All right, so let's listen to another track. This is Hearing Voices. I love that, that sound. It's just, you know, great hooky pop rock right there. One of my favorite moments on the, uh, on the record. Uh, the three words I, I chose to describe the album are well-oiled rock machine. You know, so these guys are just polished rock and roll veterans. And it just seems like, I mean, they can just pull these melodies and hooks out of their asses. And it's just <laughs> so good. You know, they balance sort of the rock and soul experience with polish and uh you know just being tight i didn't really say that well but um somehow i mean they're just like so good at what they do but it's not it's not so perfect that it takes away from the the feeling they're good at what they foo very good <laughs> yes very good yeah we've talked a, a lot about the uh the lyrics here it's a it's a big contrast from the other two records we we are discussing today yeah 
even though it's more specific than usual, it's still, I mean, the lyrics are relatively simple. I mean, somewhat, I guess, banal in terms of, you know, rock themes and stuff like that. But um, And it's dudes in their 50s. That, that's a different that's true. flavor and shade than the younger artists experimenting, playing with new sounds, right. not set in a particular direction yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm so impressed with them and I don't spend enough time listening to the to the Foo Fighters and I'm not sure why over the years they haven't evoked a lot of passion from me. But maybe just Grohl is just so accessible. You know, I, I feel like he's everywhere. <laughs> I feel like every rock documentary has him in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like an aura of mystery with my like my rock and roll histories, uh, uh, my yeah. my rock and roll heroes, and I'm not sure that there's <laughs> you know, not mysterious there's, enough anymore. I like the I like the mystery in my rock and roll history. I, oh. you, you had it, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just let it go. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast about this album. I think it was from Pitchfork, but one of the guys said that Dave Grohl is the Ted Lasso of rock and roll, and I think that's a pretty good <laughs> explanation. <laughs> Believe, you yeah. know, he's got, he believes in it. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a champion mm-hmm. of rock and roll, and we certainly need those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. These guys are on the AAA charts. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's They're on the something. charts. That is. All right, so AAA chart-having superstars, the Foo Fighters, but here we are. Go check it out. You'll have fun with it, and if uh, there's someone you're missing, it will it'll tug a couple heartstrings, but it'll be worth the time and investment. Go check it out. Okay, so right, we this is our, our second time, uh, you know, bringing uh, albums from 2023 to the table. Uh, what did we learn? Well, I mean, so so far in 2023, about a little more than halfway through the year, I think it's a fairly strong year for new music. I'm fairly engaged with what's going on with the new stuff. We got some good old stuff, but we also do have some some new artists on the on the scene. So yeah, I mean, I think today on the show we, we brought a pretty good mix, as we usually do, and I think most of it's pretty good quality. New music is tough because you not you don't have the the perspective of, of time to look back on these things and really judge them on how they held up. I guess what I learned, and I've noticed this before, the summertime is better in terms of releases because the the known established artists tend to put their records out in the summer, not early in the year. Mm -hmm. So, I had more to play with this time around than on our last run in in Q1. Yeah. It's kind of like movies, like the beginning of the year, pretty light, and you have all the big blockbusters in the summer and then the prestige films in October and November. I think uh, of the new release shows we've done, I think this is my favorite group of albums. I mean, I, I had a positive experience with, with all three of these these records. Uh, I've, I've found interesting lately that I've been looking to women like newer releases, you know, because I did the Ashley McBride when we did the Modern Country, you know, I did the High Women uh a while ago. And I think I uh, apologized in the past because I, I think I kind of had a sort of a chauvinistic le- legacy with, with music and I was always gravitating towards male artists. I'm starting to, to reverse that. And, you know, for some reason, the, you know, the modern female voices are, are you know, what's, what's calling to me. That's awesome, man. And that's One to Grow On. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, it is that time once again to put fate in the hands of a robot. Bring out 
Wadbot here and see what our musical destiny has in store for next week. Your musical destiny will require you to explore 1990s hip-hop albums. Many consider this the golden age of hip-hop, so choose wisely. Hip-hop hooray. Ho. Hey. Ho. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, some 90s hip-hop. That is a little bit different than what we did this past week, boys. Yeah, it should be fun. Maybe the Foo Fighters had a rap record back then. I'll check it out. <laughs> I'm sure you can find something. Okay, what's your favorite hip-hop album from the 90s? What's your favorite new release? What else are you listening to? Let us know. Join fellow album nerds on Discord at albumnerds.com slash Discord. You can email us at podcast at albumnerds.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Album Nerds. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so via PayPal at albumnerds.com slash support. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. We'll catch you next week. Hip hop hooray. Oh, hey, yo. Come on, guys. Hey, oh. Hey, ho. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Done, done. On to the next one. Done, I'm done, and I'm on to the next one. I don't know. Is that, is that how it goes? I can't remember. <laughs> I think that's for better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds just like them. <laughs>